This is Dr. Dave, and the title of this podcast is Don't Even Think About It. We were driving south on a nine-day trip into the vast sands of the empty quarter of the Arabian Peninsula. The empty quarter is one of the largest sand deserts in the world. We were about 200 kilometers off-road into the desert when we met several trucks heading north. We're always a bit nervous when we meet strangers in deep desert because we never know if they might be well-armed smugglers from Yemen. Everyone you meet in the empty quarter carries weapons. Even the Bedouins travel with Kalashnikov automatic weapons. When you look in their pickup trucks, you see their weapons laying in readiness on the floor. Our unexpected rendezvous turned out to be nothing more than a pleasant encounter with Bedouins on a hunting expedition. The back of their truck contained a cargo of falcons and saluki dogs. They stopped their truck and we stopped ours. We spent an hour talking with them and they showed us their saker falcons. They put a big glove on our arm and let us hold their birds of prey. Then they took the hood off the falcon's head and released it. It amazed us that the bird didn't fly away. It circled and came back to its perch, content to have the hood placed back over its head. Falcons are carnivorous hunters that feed on other species of birds. In order to capture a falcon, Bedouins tie a long string to the leg of a pigeon. They attach the string to a heavy rock so the pigeon can't fly away. Once they locate a wild falcon, they release the pigeon in the air, and the falcon swiftly attacks and kills the pigeon. The Bedouins then drive the falcon off its kill before it can devour the pigeon. Downwind of the kill, the Bedouins dig a hole in the ground and they hide in the hole. They cover the hole and themselves with foliage so they can no longer be seen by the falcon. In the hole, they hold the string that's tied to the legs of the dead pigeon. When the falcon no longer sees the men on the ground, it swoops down and starts eating the pigeon. The Bedouin pulls on the string and slowly drags the pigeon's body over to the hole in which he is hiding. The falcon walks along, eating the pigeon carcass until it's next to the hole. Then the Bedouin reaches out and grabs the falcon by its legs to capture it. He then puts a hood over the falcon's head to make it become quiet. He then spends the next several weeks taming and training the bird. During the training period, the Bedouin never separates himself from the falcon. He carries it with him on his wrist and feeds it there as well. The falcon sleeps on a perch next to the Bedouin's head. He's always stroking it, speaking to it, and hooding and unhooding it. A skillful handler can train some falcons in as short as a week, but most of them require several weeks to be able to hunt with the bird without it flying away and not returning. When a Bedouin hunts with a falcon, he releases it and follows the falcon to its kill. He recovers the falcon at the kill and places it back on its perch and puts the hood back over its head. It's hard to believe that you can take a wild bird of prey and within a short period radically alter its behavior so that it doesn't fly away when it's released. A few weeks previously, the falcon was free to soar in the sky and it took care of its own needs without anyone's help. It was a fierce bird of prey, but now it sits contented in total darkness with a hood over its head. Tamed falcons remind me of people. 
When people are born, God gives them the heart and wings of an eagle. Soaring is their domain. Nevertheless, by the time they're 20 years old, they are captured, tamed, and trained for life. Their days of flying like an eagle are over. I've known hundreds of people who flew like an eagle when they were young, but now they've been captured, tamed, and trained. They sit on a perch with a hood over their head and they have forgotten that they are eagles. They are trapped in alcoholism, drug abuse, promiscuity, abusive relationships, destructive addictions, and mediocrity. You can learn a great deal from studying the trapping, taming, and training of falcons. First, a falcon is lured into the trap using bait that exploits the falcon's instinctive behavior. Second, a falcon is lured into the trap one step at a time, not realizing that each step takes it closer to captivity. Third, the falcon doesn't realize the trap is there until it's too late. Fourth, the falcon quickly forgets that it could soar in freedom once a hood is over its head and it's being fed by hand. And fifth, the falcon becomes so accustomed to captivity that even when given freedom of flight, it returns to its perch to remain in captivity. Its memory of freedom to roam the skies is gone. It has forgotten what it's like to soar as the master of its fate and captain of its soul. It doesn't remember what it was like to be a falcon that was free. People have a strong need to look and act like other people. That's why fashion designers are able to market brand name shoes and clothes at outrageous prices. You can get a pair of generic basketball shoes for a bargain price on sale, or you can buy shoes marketed by an NBA superstar for 10 times as much. You pay 10 times the price so that you can have the status of wearing overpriced shoes that make you the member of an elite group. Overpaying for basketball shoes by a factor of 5 or 10 times won't ruin your life, but it will empty your pocketbook. Unfortunately, the need for acceptance extends far beyond the type of shoes you wear. If your friends drink alcohol and use drugs, you feel pressure to do the same. If they get drunk on the weekend, you will be expected to follow suit. If they smoke marijuana, you have to do it too. If they snort cocaine, it won't be long before you feel the pressure to join in the fun. If they take uppers and downers, soon you'll be doing the same thing. If your friends engage in promiscuous behavior in which their hormones are more powerful than their brains, it won't be long before you turn off your brain and fall into the same trap. It's normal to want to be part of the group and to have hormones that affect your behavior. Nevertheless, you have to be careful to not allow instinctive drives to lure you into a trap from which there is no easy escape. The best way to avoid this trap is to immediately turn your back on and walk away from temptations that can ruin your life. If you let peer pressure and hormones dominate your life, in a short time you will find yourself trapped in behaviors that are bad for you and that are morally wrong as well. You don't need a million dollars and a degree in engineering from MIT to design a perfect trap guaranteed to ruin lives. Most traps are exceedingly simple to create and deploy. A simple trap works best. All you need to do is entice the victim into the trap a millimeter at a time. It will take some time to capture him, 
but time isn't important when you're in the business of destroying lives. You have all the time you need to do the dastardly deed. When I was in medical school, I learned that one out of eight people who drink alcohol develop an addiction to it and become an alcoholic. I never met a person who became an alcoholic after taking only one drink. It took thousands of drinks to make it happen. While it's true that the first drink started the problem, it was all those thousands of other drinks that moved them step by step toward alcoholism. They became an alcoholic in a series of imperceptibly small steps. When they finally are a confirmed alcoholic, they deny that they have a problem. They have a hood on their head that makes them deny their addiction. You will never become addicted to marijuana if you never light up a marijuana cigarette. You will never become addicted to cocaine and other narcotics if you never start using them. Chemical addictions happen one day at a time in imperceptibly small steps until you are trapped. You never realize that a trap has been set until you've been captured. That's why traps are so dangerous. You don't know that they're there. You focus on the bait instead of the trap. The bait draws you closer and closer into the trap until you reach the point of no return. While your mouth is full of bait, you can't believe how good things are going and how lucky you are. This is the best tasting bait you've ever had. You are proud of yourself because you're so much smarter than the other falcons who are flying around hungry up in the sky while you're feasting on the ground. This is obviously the opportunity of a lifetime. Catching that pigeon was so easy. Maybe you'll get lucky and catch another one before long. Those are the thoughts of a falcon that will soon be living tethered to a perch with a hood over its head. And those are the thoughts of the lifelong disoriented who easily succumb to any temptation dangled in front of their eyes. When something is too good to be true, you are walking into a trap. When you take the bait and feast on your ignorance, the trap snaps shut and you are captured. Freedom is a thing of the past, and now the taming and training begin. Your captors quickly make you forget that you're a falcon made to soar in freedom. You forget who you are, and someone else molds you and makes you into what they want you to be. You quickly learn to enjoy your not-so-golden cage. In only one or two weeks, the falcon loses its memory of what it was like to be master of its fate and captain of its soul. It had complete freedom to do what it wanted and plenty of food to eat. It migrated across continents with the change of the seasons. Now it sits on its perch in nowhere land with a hood over its head. It doesn't take much to keep a captive falcon happy. A little food, some soothing sounds, and a few warm strokes remind it that it's safe in the presence of its master. As long as it remains a slave, it won't have to soar in the sky, it won't have to hunt, and its food will be delivered on time. All it has to do is sit on its perch with a hood over its head for the rest of its life. It's amazing to see how easy it is to take such a majestic animal and make it into a slave with a few days of taming and training. It's equally amazing to see how easy it is to get people to give up their dreams and passion for life and put them in a not-so-golden cage that restricts their freedom and limits their potential. In just a few months of training, you can make them forget who they are. They forget that they used to soar like an eagle. 
You can put them on your perch and cover their head with a hood. When you want them to do something, you take off their hood and give them a small job to do. Soon they're back on the perch with the hood on once again. Give them some food and a few warm strokes, and you can keep them on their perch for the rest of their life. When Bedouins hunt with falcons, they don't fly them only one time and then lose them forever. They release the bird so that it can catch and kill its prey. The Bedouin then follows the bird, and when they catch up to it, they put it back on the perch and put a hood over its head. Modern falconers put small radio transmitters on their birds so that they can follow them for miles if necessary in order to recover their birds of prey. If I was a falcon and someone took the hood off my head and released me, that would be the last time they ever saw me. I would flap my wings as fast and as hard as I could. The only thing they'd see of me is my tail feathers as I flew away, never to return. But most falcons don't see things my way. Once they've been captured, tamed, and trained, you can keep them for as long as you want. You own them. They're at your mercy because they no longer think and act like falcons. They still have all the falcons' abilities. They still can fly wherever they want, but they don't want to fly away. They want their perch and they want their hood. I've known thousands of people sitting on their perches in golden cages and they're glad to be there. They have forgotten who they are and that they used to soar like an eagle. They've forgotten what it means to be free. When you surrender to temptation, you become a slave to it. When temptation comes knocking at your door, it plants a thought in your mind that starts you on the path to captivity. You take a few timid steps and nothing bad happens. It doesn't seem so bad. So far, so good. You take a few more steps and things are still looking good. You take a few more steps and congratulate yourself on the fact that you are now a genius and you should have been doing this a long time ago. And then the trap snaps shut and you are caught. That's the way temptation works. It starts with a single thought that seems like a good idea at the time. A single thought that doesn't hint of any problems down the road. That single thought is both the problem and the solution to the problem. When temptation knocks at your door, don't even think about it. When someone tells you it's okay to stretch the rules or that rules don't apply to you, don't even think about it. When you feel that you can get away with it, don't even think about it. When you're sure you'll only do it one time, don't even think about it. It's your first thought that gets you into trouble and starts you down the path of destruction. If you don't think about it, you will never be captured, tamed, and trained. You will not be locked up on a perch in a not-so-golden cage with a hood over your head. You will never forget who you are and never stop soaring like an eagle. It's the first thought that gets you into trouble and starts you down the path of destruction. If you don't think about it, you will never be captured, tamed, and trained. You will not be locked up on a perch in a not-so-golden cage with a hood over your head. You will never forget who you are and never stop soaring like an eagle. When you think of doing something that you know is wrong, you must instantly stop what you're doing and move in a different direction. When temptation first appears, it fires a warning shot across your bow. And if you stop what you're doing and head off in a different direction, you will be safe. If you continue down the path of destruction, you will be trapped before you know it.
The first bad thought that pops into your mind isn't your fault. That's called temptation. Repeating the thought and entertaining it is like putting one of your feet in quicksand. You aren't in trouble yet, but watch out. You're on dangerous ground. When you tolerate and indulge in your temptations, you're jumping with both feet into deep quicksand. You will quickly disappear out of sight if someone doesn't rescue you. A list of excuses a mile long won't help you when you're sitting in your not-so-golden cage. After you're trapped, tamed, and trained, excuses don't matter. When it comes to temptations, there are no excuses. There are only consequences. As a physician, I spent 30 years listening to excuses and treating consequences. Although God forgives you, life isn't nearly so forgiving. When you pursue a destructive lifestyle, eating unhealthy foods, abusing your body with chemicals, filling your mind with toxic waste, and indulging in your temptations, you become sick. Your body is sick, your mind is sick, and your heart is sick. And there are no excuses. Fortunately, all is not lost. God specializes in dealing with consequences, and he knows how to open the door to your not-so-golden cage. When you open your heart to his love, miracles start to happen. You forget your excuses and you focus on God's love. For the first time in years, you spread your wings and fly like an eagle. You must have zero tolerance to temptation. Zero tolerance will save your life. It will allow you to soar like an eagle and become all that you can be. When temptation knocks, don't even think about it. Now I want to give you an affirmation that will help you deal with temptation. When temptation knocks at my door, I don't even think about it. It's the first thought that gets me into trouble, and if I don't think about it, I will never be captured, tamed, and trained. I will never be locked up on a perch in a not-so-golden cage with a hood over my head. I will never forget who I am and never stop soaring like an eagle. I have zero tolerance to temptation. When temptation knocks, I focus my mind on God's love. I spread my wings and fly like an eagle.